Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Right, today our panel consists of our very own Sam Hewitt, who is uh, poised in the studio, ready to go. He's got a massive afternoon as well to talk about, uh, of course, the NRL Grand Final coming up uh, this week, so Sam just can't sleep out of excitement. And we've got uh, Andrew Gordy, who I hope is sleeping better after uh, a back surgery, of course, and uh, getting himself uh, back in shape so he can spend summer at the beach with his uh, lovely family. Gords, good morning to you. Um, How are you feeling, first of all? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, we've uh, what are we sort of five weeks post surgery now, and yet we're we're up and about and uh, feeling a lot better now, thanks. So I won't be whipping down the uh, you know 135 kilometre an hour thunderbolts anytime soon, but but that's all right. I think those days are probably gone anyway. Oh, you reckon? Okay, so more like a gentle little right arm over about what uh, 80k. Left, left arm over, Smithy. Left arm oh, over. I probably a, a, a wannabe, I was a wannabe Trent Bolt back in the day, but never, never got close, frankly, to to achieving mm. that kind of status. But um, yeah, dibbly dobblies oh. now. I never took you for a left armour, to be fair. I don't know why no. that is, uh, Gords. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's move right along. Um, okay, so Eden Park uh, hosted. Uh, the rugby uh, at the weekend, and there was a, a nice uh, tempting double header there that in the end was very well supported. But I was a little bit concerned, I've got to say, that uh, the numbers were just uh, a bit thin for uh, the Black Ferns initially. Maybe it was because it's Japan. Maybe people were keeping uh, their powder dry in terms of uh, the Women's World Cup. But I do so hope it is well supported. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. absolutely, Smithy. I mean, yeah, yeah, sorry, mate, sorry, I wasn't sure if you were going to sound right there, but yeah, no, absolutely, and it is, it is a wee bit of a concern, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, you would like to think, like you say, that when the when the Women's Rugby World Cup starts, it will be well-supported and well-promoted. I think that's probably the, the key aspect here. Um, I'm not sure how well-promoted the, the double-header necessarily was on the weekend, and I think sometimes, too, it's, it's a... It's, for some people who are turning up to watch, let's be fair, the, the All Blacks uh, up against the Wallabies, I think it's a big ask sometimes to ask to ask spectators to go along for what turns into, what are we talking, maybe maybe about four to five hours at Eden Park. Mm. I know you sort of you do that when you go and watch a game of cricket, for example, but it's a completely different mindset, isn't it? I think when, when people have the mindset, I'm going to watch the All Blacks and, you know, kicking off at sort of 7, 7.30 kind of thing, um, they probably go and have a have a meal, have a few drinks at a few bars, kind of thing, and then make their way to the game. Um, and look, we, we've 
we've all been sort of uh, going on for, for how many years now about how, you know, sometimes the uh, the quality of the, the food and beverage sort of selection um, that's on offer at, uh, at any stadium around the country is, one, not exactly great, and B, quite expensive, um, isn't doesn't make it sort of an appealing prospect, I think, for, for those, those walk-up fans who are coming along to the game. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure necessarily, Smithy, that the double-header concept works from the spectator or the fan's perspective. It might work from the administrator's point of view, um, but I'm not sure it works the other way around. Sam Butt, uh, good morning to you. Um, it, I, I find it a little bit of a concern because um, because of uh, what they were coping with initially, they've sort of painted themselves into a very northern corner here, geographically. Um, and whilst it's a quite a dense, densely populated part of the country, particularly in the Auckland area, uh, I just wonder, uh, I'm, a bit, I'm a little bit concerned about what it might look like. Yeah, I think um, Auckland, it's interesting you bring up the geographical thing because I think Auckland... You know, generally does struggle with crowds. I mean, even you know, with Warriors, unless you're diehard, a diehard fan, or if they're winning, um, you know, they don't get a massive crowds at Mount Smart either. Um, there could be a results thing, obviously, but I, I do think that Auckland, because it's so big, such a big catchment area, there's obviously lots to do in Auckland. Um, you know, on a Saturday night, it, it might be further down a lot of people's list. Whereas in the regions, we know that you know there might not be much happening on a Saturday evening, and so you tend to get a lot more parochial support at, at the ground. So, um, I'd like to think with the with the World Cup, Smithy, that um, some of those more regional areas are, are, are going to be the ones that probably impress us the most, which probably isn't surprising. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think that's probably where the the, the majority of the interest is going to lie. Yeah, well, the regions basically are uh, Whangarei, of course, and Waitakere. Uh, if you get away from Eden Park, so uh, let's just um, let's just uh, look at, at uh, that when it comes about in the next. Uh, well, from the eighth onwards. Uh, but good news for women's rugby in terms of coaching, Sam, because uh, Crystal Koav will be coaching Chiefs Samanawa. Victoria Grant will be coaching the Hurricanes Pua, uh, taking over from uh, Alan Bunting, uh, of course, who uh, was very much uh, a part of it. Um, and where's Clark? So that's good news because uh, that's what they're crying out for, women at the helm. Yeah, 100%. I think it's awesome. Obviously, um, some like Victoria Grant, who I think was assistant last year, it's sort of just a natural progression into into the head coaching role. So they're starting to, I guess, develop that competition. They've extended it out as well. I think just with the backdrop of a World Cup smithy, um, you know, I think they've got a real chance to, to, to push this. I think the World Cups, you know, it's, it is going to be really important. I mean, as, as someone who, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a sort of neutral observer, but um, I'm excited about it, but I'm not, I guess, as frothing as, as perhaps some other rugby pundits out there are. If, it's, if it does really do well and there are big crowds and um, people do really get in behind it and the support's there, then that is just the perfect recipe for OPICI next year, I think, because you'll get a lot of you know young uh, females who will see the World Cup and p- perhaps get into rugby, then they'll have more exposure you know, through the Super Rugby, uh, through Super Rugby Opiki in February next year, I think that's it's just the perfect um, place for it to sit. Rather than you know waiting a year or a year and a half or two years before getting it underway, I think they've sort of timed this perfectly. So um, I think it's fantastic that um, that Crystal and uh, Victoria have got those head coaching roles. I think that just sort of furthers the credentials of the competition as well. And the one reason it does, uh, Gords, is because. Of course, uh, you know Wayne Smith is here for this mission only, and then afterwards, what? What? What is the? What's the production line? 
Yeah, that, that's exactly it, Smithy. And, and I really think that, you know, when Super Rugby Opiki was launched, I, I think it, it must have been. It must have been a source of... Uh, embarrassment might be a strong word, but you can't tell me that those in, in power at New Zealand Rugby were happy with the fact that they were launching this fantastic new women's rugby competition um, and there were four men uh, as, as the head coaches. And, and let's be clear, like there's, there's a really important sort of uh, marketing and, and perception issue that's created there because, let's face it, you know, who, who do you hear most from uh, with any rugby team, it's always really the coach, isn't it? Uh, you, you obviously hear from the from the players, um, you know, post match and things like that. But the most common person you hear from um, when it comes to fronting fronting media during broadcasts and media conferences, and whatnot, it's it's the coach. And so you've got to see it to be it. And so I think it's extremely important. Um, and I'm really pleased to see this and these announcements this morning uh, in relation to Crystal and Victoria because it really does set something for, for young women, I suppose, um, who are in the game to aim for in future. And as you quite rightly point out, you know, we've had Glenn Moore previously, now we've got Wayne Smith, um, and I'm sure Wayne Smith himself would like to think that he's almost uh, not a placeholder, but I think he would like to think that the person who follows him, um, you know, in that role will be a woman. Mm, very interesting. OK, we'll take a short break. Uh, for the news with uh, Araha and when we come back more for Sam Hewitt and Andrew Gordy to discuss as part of the panel. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, 10.34, we've got uh, Andrew Gordy with us this morning and uh, also Sam Hewitt. And uh, I've got to say, Sam Hewitt, if I'm Joseph Parker, um, I'm thinking about giving it away, not fighting Dillian White, aren't I? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think um, probably those comments post-fights, Smithy, were probably just a little bit of adrenaline, you know, a little bit of um, a little bit too fresh after getting a pretty bad beating um, from Joe Joyce. So I think he's just probably just trying to keep his name relevant in the uh, in the immediate future. But I think really, it's probably not a it's probably not a terrible fight for him to take, but. I think he probably just needs a little bit of a break. Maybe he takes sort of an interim fight. Someone who's top 20, but, um, you know, isn't going to offer a, 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 as big a challenge as someone like that. But but I think um, I still, you're listening to a lot of pundits over the last, I'm not a boxing aficionado by any stretch, Smithy, but listening to a few pundits over the last few days, you know, a lot of people still have faith that Joe has potential, you know, to, he's still got a lot of talent. Um, he's still, you know, not young, but but he's got years in the tank in terms of a heavyweight. Um, and if he did beat someone like Dillian Watt, I think that sort of still puts him back into that sort of top five um, realm. So um, I'm sort of not against it, but I think the dust probably just does need to settle a little bit from his fight on Sunday where he did take a pretty bad beating. I'm sure you were pretty sore after your operation, Andrew Gordy. In fact, I saw photos of it, but you didn't look... I'll be honest, you didn't look as beaten up as Joe. <laughs> and I looked yeah. at him and I thought, Joe, Joe, there's probably a gym with your name on it somewhere around the joint. Uh, settle down, <laughs> son. Settle down. Yeah, look, this is a really interesting one for me, Smithy. Look, I mean, if we just go through a couple of aspects of this. Look, yes, Joe took a bad beating. There's no question about it on the weekend. And it was it was tough to see him get knocked out in such a manner. I mean, that was a, that was a brutal knockout. But... I'm going, to, I'm going to sort of present the, the case for Joe continuing here, I suppose. I think you only had to take a, you only had to be a casual observer on social media on the weekend to realise that Joe 
actually earned a lot of respect on the weekend. He took a great deal of punishment. And one thing you can say about Joe, look, my, my personal opinion, I don't think Joe has the, the tools to become a heavyweight world champion. I, I, I don't think he's in the same class as Alexander Usyk, Tyson Fury, if he comes back and fights again. Um, probably not Anthony Joshua and, and, and probably not Joe Joyce, obviously, as well. But look, he took 11 rounds of brutal punishment. You cannot question the guy's chin um, until, obviously, he, he got knocked out in the 11th round. But look, age is not a factor here. Joe is still relatively young. Let's, let's remember, he got knocked out by a 37-year-old man on the weekend. Um, he's still relatively young in the boxing game. And the only thing, really, that is stopping Joe from an age perspective is himself. He's the one that has said all along that he wants to end his career by the time he's 30. Well, he's here now. He's 30 now. So it'll be really interesting, I think, for me to see if Joe Parker himself decides whether to go back on his word um, or, or stick to it. If, if he sticks to his word, he, he's, he's essentially done. Um, but I kind of get the sense that he still wants to be in this game um, for whatever reason, and only he will know the answer to that. But as well, too, like he's, he's got a record of, I think it's 30 and 3 now. He's got the same number of losses on his record as Anthony Joshua. Now, is anyone else writing off Anthony Joshua saying he's finished and he should retire? I'm, I'm not really seeing or hearing that um, anywhere suggested. And heavyweight boxing, or, or boxing at any level, the weight category doesn't really matter. Um, just because you're not the heavyweight champion or perhaps not even you know, considered a heavyweight or, or a world championship prospect doesn't mean there's not a career for you. You know, there are plenty of boxers out there who, uh, you know, this is their career. This is their life. Um, and I don't know, I just sort of, I, I get uncomfortable with people sort of saying, oh, Joe should retire now just because he took a bad loss. People come back from bad losses. I mean, you know, I, I sort of always look at the Andrew Ruiz example. You know, Andrew Ruiz lost a world title to Joseph Parker. And, you know, some people are saying that Joseph Parker, you know, shouldn't be called a world champion. Well, he won the belt. But anyway... Um, he beat Andy Ruiz, who went, then went out and caused one of the greatest upsets in boxing history uh, to win all the belts against Anthony Joshua. So I think it's really dangerous to completely write off a boxer just because he suffers a defeat. And I think there's been, you know, the, the history of boxing is littered with examples like this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Joseph Parker should retire. If he decides that that's what he wants to do, then, then all power to him. But if he, equally, if he decides that there's, he still wants to be in this game and he can still, you know, make a career for himself, then he absolutely can. There are those fights out there and he can continue fighting really for as, as long as he's as long as he likes and I think as long as his body will allow him to. Sam Hewitt uh, is uh, with us, of course, and Sam, uh, speaking of write-offs, would we dare write off the Eels? Would we? Um, are you an Eels fan, Gordy? I'm, mate, I'm not an Eels fan. Okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just needed to check. It. I just needed to check, Smithy. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really give them any chance at all. And um, like Eels fans are going to be very um, annoyed at me saying that. I think you know the Panthers are last year a team that wanted to get the the hoodoo off the back. Obviously, win a title. They lost the year to, before to the Storm. Um, they managed to get it done. And this season, I think what you've seen from from Penrith is a much more mature side that didn't let the emotion of winning a title get to them like it does for so many teams. You know, you come back the second season, you might win win a couple of games early on in the season, but then that emotion of, of defending a title gets to you. Penrith have stayed very level-headed. Um, watching them play, they are silky smooth. People talk about the two 
losses to the Eels during the season. Well, one of them was a red card to Nathan Cleary, who's you know the, the Penrith's best player, and they're down to 12 men. So not that I'm saying it wasn't deserved that they won that, but I think you have you do have to caveat. The important one for me was the first finals game where Penrith put 40 points on them. So um, I think... You know, given the magnitude of, of a grand final, Penrith have been there for three years in a row now. The Eels are trying to you know get rid of a 36-year hoodoo. I just think it's going to be a little bit too much for them against a quality team. And so, Smithy, I honestly think you know Penrith 13 plus is is probably where you put your money at the TAB. Ooh, 13 plus in a grand final. Yeah, I know. Gords, uh, yeah, Gords, what's your feeling there? Well, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with Sam. Like, I mean, I think the Panthers are favourites and deserve to be favourites, and, and I expect them to win. The one thing I would say, and, and look, you raise a good point, they, they beat them twice during the regular season. Yep, you, there might be an asterisk next to one of them because of the red cards of Ivan Theory. And, and again, I agree with you. Like, I think the 27-8 to 8, uh, margin in the, in the first round of the finals is probably a more accurate reflection of these two teams. The one thing I would say, and we've just been talking about boxing, I give the Eels a puncher's chance in this because I think... And I'm kind of pleased that this is the grand final that we've got because I'm not sure that any other team would have had the weapons, I suppose, to, to beat Penrith. But I reckon the Eels do. And they're, they're just, they're, they're a bit, they've been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team this year, haven't they? They've caused some great upsets and then they've lost to teams that they absolutely should have beaten. So they're, they're rocks and diamonds. I think it's just as likely we see the, the Panthers put 40 points on them as, as we do see the Eels get up and, and cause an upset. So, look, if, if we're talking betting like you just have been, Sam, yes, I think the smart probably is something like Panthers, you know, 13-plus. But but I've, I'm certainly not prepared to write off the Eels, um, and I'm looking forward to the grand final. I think it's going to, it's going to be a ripper. Sam Hewitt, you've got a, a rugby league focus this afternoon. We do. Smithy running at straight big grand final preview, so two-hour show from two to four. Uh, we're going to get Nathan Kalis on, of course, the former Kiwis captain, uh, won a World Cup and also played uh, 250-odd games, I think, for the uh, Parramatta Eels. So uh, we'll get his take on um, how he thinks his former side is going to go in the grand final. And then um, Todd Payton's actually going to come on as well, uh, the Cowboys wow. coach who obviously finished disappointingly on the weekend but universally touted as probably coach of the year this year, took his side from 15th to second on the ladder and uh, made a preliminary final. Disappointing end, but we're going to um, just chat through the season with Todd and uh, a couple of former Panthers, hopefully, as well. We've got a few uh, few baits out for them, but it's going to be a big, big grand final focus, Smithy. We're, we're looking forward to it. Okay, Sam, uh, thanks very much. I'll let you go and prepare for that. And uh, Andrew Cordy, just finally, um, referee at the, well, the previous game in Australia, uh, Mr. Reynal has no regrets over his time-wasting call. He's digs in, and being a Frenchman, you wouldn't expect anything less. Exactly, and I don't think he's got anything to be to be regretful over um, or anything to apologise for. I mean, you can I don't care how much Morgan Turanui and, and all his mates whinge and carry on about this decision. Um, I think the hearing the, the referee's microphone and hearing that audio is utterly damning for Bernard Foley and the rest of the Wallabies team. I don't think he's got anything to apologise for, anything to be regretful over. Um, the one thing I would say, and, and, I'm, not, and it's, I'm not saying anything new here, but the rest of the rugby world is absolutely on notice. And on, in the wake of this call, we've got a Rugby World Cup next year. So, you know, if you, if you get a free kick, uh, don't mess around would be the message I'd be, I'd be giving to my players if I was a coach heading to a Rugby World Cup next year because these refs, I think, have, have, have I suppose, put a line in the sand. Um, or certainly uh, Mr. Raynell has, um, for others to follow. And um, I, I, I think 
you know, and I've sort of tried to put myself in the position of how would I have felt if it was the All Blacks on the end of this decision? I really don't mm. think there's, there's anything, any comeback. Um, I think it's crystal clear. He was, he was very clear in his communication. Um, maybe Bernard Foley didn't hear him quite right, but I don't know. Maybe you've, maybe you've got to listen a little better when, that, when the pressure's on. He will next time, no doubt about it. Uh, Andrew Gordy, thank you very much. Um, continue that uh, rehabilitation in fine fashion, sir. Uh, we'll talk to you again shortly uh, here on the panel. And Sam Hewitt, of course, thank you very much as well. We'll have another panel uh, tomorrow morning around about 10.20. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.